Welcome to the Beyond Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Cade Howell, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Today we are talking about one of my favorite things, which is exercise selection. What exercises you should be doing, what are some of my favorite exercises, and today specifically we're talking about my top exercises for muscle growth. Now, first and foremost, this does not mean these are the best exercises in the world and you have to be doing these exercises. Keep in mind, these are my top exercises, and sure, I pick these based on some things that are probably going to apply to you, and chances are these are going to be very good muscle growth exercises for you as well, but everyone is completely different. Everyone's biomechanics are going to be a little bit different, Um, so take that into consideration. I'm not saying that you have to be doing these exercises and they're the best for you. It depends on the person, and there's four main recurring themes of these exercises that are going to help you select your your own exercises. So you can give some of these a try and, you know, throw them in your program. There's probably some exercises in here that you've never done before. And with that said, I will link a video that I made on Instagram that goes over all of these and like a quick example of each of the exercises and what they look like, because that's the one downside of a podcast is it's kind of hard to explain through words of how to do an exercise. So then that way you can pop in, you can see what the exercises actually look like. So if you do want to try them in your program, um, you have an example to go off of. And again, I'm going to go over the four main things that I look at when selecting an exercise at the end of the episode so you can apply those things when you're selecting your own exercises for your training program. And that's four things that all of these exercises that we're going to go over for each main muscle group, they all have it have the the four things in common. So without further ado, let's dig into my top exercises for muscle growth for each muscle group. All right, first off, we're going to go over the main muscle groups. We're not going over every single tiny muscle and we're not going to talk about your anterior tibialis or the best exercise for your pinky toe. No, we're going to talk about the main ones here and there's still quite a few to cover. We're going to go over your chest lats, upper back, shoulders, which we're going to divide into three different sections, your front delts, side delts, and rear delts, biceps, triceps, abs, glutes, quads, hamstrings, and calves. So still quite a few to go over, but we're not going over every tiny muscle group or every division of a muscle. Um, So let's just jump right into first and foremost, chest. So for chest, I have the converging machine chest press. And if you're not familiar with what a converging machine chest press is, you know what like a machine chest press is. The the only difference between like a regular machine chest press and a converging machine chest press is that the handles that you hold on to as you press forward, they come together. And if you think about what your pecs do, your chest It drives your arm forward and then in towards the midline of your body. And so it matches that. So not only can you get a really good stretch at the bottom when your hands are, you know, close to your chest, you're getting a good stretch there. But then as you push your hands out away from your body, your hands come more to the midline of your body. So you can also get a really good contraction with your pec. So that's a a great exercise that has really good stability. And like I said, the converging part of it allows for 
a really good stretch, which that stretched position, you're going to notice a few trends with a lot of these exercises, which we'll review afterwards, but that that's a key part of it. We're going to emphasize muscles that allow for a good range of motion, especially for that stretch position, because there's more and more research coming out showing that that's most likely the most important part of the rep for muscle growth. So it allows you to get that stretch and a really good contraction. Now for lats, I have a bench supported pull around. So you might not be super familiar with this, but again, I'll have um, the video that I made on Instagram linked in the description so you can go and like actually see what these exercises look like. But this one, you're essentially going to set up, you're on a cable machine, you're going to set up a bench a little bit away from the machine and have it on an incline. You're going to face the bench. So your face is, you know, looking at the back of the bench on an incline. You brace with one arm and then your other arm is going to come from kind of the midline of your body. So you're reaching around a little bit and your arms at about a 45 degree angle. And then you're drawing your, your elbow down towards your hip. And the nice thing about this exercise is again, it allows you to really get a good stretch for your lats. So instead of doing, you know, like let's say a pull up, for example, you're not, your lats wrap around your rib cage. And so if you can kind of emphasize that by having your arm across your body a little bit and then pulling down, you get more of a stretch compared to like a pull up where, you know, your hands are out to the side a little bit more, not towards the midline of your body. So again, this would be a good one to refer to the video so you can see how it actually looks. So, and again, this allows you to just fully lengthen the lats by pulling across your body and you get some extra support and stability from using the bench. You could do it just kneeling, but I like the bench for more stability. Now for upper back, uh, a chest supported machine row with your arms flared out. So when you're thinking about targeting more of your upper back versus more of your lats, you want to mostly look at your arm path. If your arms are flared out to the side and they're, you know, you're, they're coming straight out at kind of like a 90 degree angle from your body, that's going to hit more of your upper back. If your hands are kind of in line with your body and like your elbow is driving down towards your hip, that's going to be more lats. And so when we're targeting the upper back, we want those arms flared out to the side. So the nice thing about this is you have that chest support. So you don't have to worry about bracing and you have that to essentially, you know, when you're, when you're pulling the weight, you don't have to worry about the weight pulling you, you have that chest support. So it's all your upper back doing the work. You're not bracing. It's not your core. That's going to be limiting. Um, and it just leads to less fatigue that way. And you can get a really good stretch for your upper back, really good contraction. Now jumping into shoulders for front delts, we have a machine overhead press. And I really like this cause it's really stable. You know, there's, there's other movements like dumbbell presses and stuff that are great. And again, it's not like these exercises, you have to be doing all of these. And these are the best exercises at all times. These are my top exercises for muscle growth. So another, another reminder that, you know, it's not like these are always going to be the best for everyone. So machine overhead press, it's very stable when you're doing like a dumbbell press, you know, you don't have the stability and that could limit you rather than 
the actual target muscle, which is your front delts here. So you can get a lot of tension in the front delts, not have to worry about stabilizing or dropping the dumbbell on your forehead. That wouldn't be fun. And yeah, it allows you to just get a good range of motion, good stretch at the bottom, and then you have an even resistance so you can still get a good contraction at the top as well. Now for side delts, I really like the behind the back cable lateral raise. So this might be another one you might not be super familiar with, but essentially what we're what we're looking at here is if you think about doing a regular dumbbell lateral raise, think about that bottom portion when your hands are to your side, you're not pushing against anything up until your arms are maybe 45 degrees out from your body. That's when you start getting a lot of resistance. And then as your arm comes all the way out to the side and your arm is essentially parallel with the ground, that's when you get the most resistance and it's really hard. And if you think about it, that's when your your shoulders, your side delts are really going to be, that's more of like the shortened kind of contracted position or more kind of mid-range there. But the length and position that we talked about earlier being a really important part of the rep for muscle growth, that's going to be more when your hands are down towards your side. And if gravity is the resistance and you're using, you're just doing dumbbell lateral raises, you can't really get that unless you're like laying on your side. And then, you know, you can get some, some resistance there at the bottom, but using cables allows you to set up the cables wherever you want to get the resistance from. So I like to set it up right around like my so if you're just standing there next to the cable machine with your arms down to your side, right around the height of your wrist, because then the tension is coming from across, you're going to get a really, really good stretch on your delts and doing it behind the back. I've just found personally, it allows to really get a good, good stretch and you can still get a good contraction. Um, it just more of the resistance is emphasized in that lengthened position, which seems to be a really, really good thing for muscle growth. So again, feel free to refer to the video that I'll link in the description to see what that looks like. And then the next one, we have rear delts. So this is gonna be a rear delt pull around. And this is similar to like the bench supported lat pull around. The rear delt pull around, we're gonna have our arm come across our body and this allows us to get that rear delt fully length and get a good stretch, which there's not many exercises that can do that for your rear delts. When you're doing any form of row or like a rear delt fly or anything, it's typically going to be a lot of that shortened kind of contracted position where you're getting a lot of the resistance. But this allows you to reach all the way across your body and really stretch the back of your shoulder, your your rear delt right there. So another one you might want to refer to the video for. And the next one we have biceps. So this one I have a Bayesian cable curl. So this one is another interesting one. Some of these you might not have done in the past, which I'm excited for you to maybe go and try some of these out, but definitely refer to the the video. And if you want like more in-depth form videos, you can always do a YouTube search of these or send me a DM on Instagram. I can send you over like a video walkthrough going over what these actually should look like. And I'm always more than happy to give you feedback. Like if you want to send a video of you doing the exercise, I'll give you feedback on your form. Um, so the Bayesian cable curl. So what you're going to do here is it's kind of like if you know what an incline dumbbell curl is where you're on like an incline bench, you're leaning back and your arms are essentially pointing straight down to the ground. 
you get, so basically your arms are behind your body in this position. You get a really good stretch on your biceps. It's a similar um, starting position to that with the cables. So you're going to have the cables on a machine set at the, the bottom or close to that. And then you're going to take, you know, one or two steps forward. So your arms are slightly behind your body. And then what you're going to do, so this is, this has your biceps in a really good stretch position. And then as you curl forward, you're just going to lean your body forward slightly, which is going to allow for a good resistance at the bottom, getting a stretch, but then leaning forward allows that resistance to stay pretty even throughout it. So even in that contracted position, um, you have a lot of resistance there. So whereas like with an inclined dumbbell curl, it's a very similar movement, without the cables and leaning forward, it's more challenging at the bottom and then the, the resistance isn't quite even as you come up to the top. So that's biceps. Triceps, I have an overhead cable tricep extension on a bench. And this one can kind of be a little bit of a pain to set up. So again, that's where you have to consider like what is what might quote unquote be optimal. And I'm not saying all these exercises are optimal because it depends on the person. Like these are my top exercises and it depends on the time frame, depends on where I'm at with my training, if these are even like my top exercises at the moment. Um, but just consider like what is maybe optimal for you versus also what's practical. This is an exercise I honestly rarely do just because it's a pain to set up the bench and like, yeah, in an ideal world, I would probably do this exercise more often, but I'm kind of lazy. I don't like setting up the bench and getting everything set up correctly, but it is a, a great exercise because it allows you, you're on a bench with the the cable kind of behind your, your head. And so you get a really good stretch with your triceps and the cable just allows, or the, um, the bench allows for more stability. So you don't have to worry about bracing things like that. So this is one that I, I really like for the stability and the stretch. And then for abs, let's see, we have abs, glutes, quads, hamstrings, and calves. So just a couple more abs. I have the cable crunch here. This is, I really like the cable crunch because for one, it's not like most exercises, most ab exercises that are typically body weight. This one allows you to adjust the resistance easily. And so you can have like a specific rep range instead of having to do just regular like lying crunches on the ground where you might have to do like 50 reps to even really challenge yourself and get close to failure. So I like it for that. You can really progressively overload that way by either adding weight or reps where a lot of ab exercises, it's just, you got to keep doing more reps. Um, so that's the first thing. And then also just a really good resistance throughout the entire range of motion when you do them correctly. And with these, you want to make sure that your hips are nice and locked in place. And then as you come up, you really arch your back so you can get a good stretch on your ab muscles. And then as you come down, you think about bringing kind of like your rib cage down towards your hips. So you're really just opening, you're doing opening up your rib cage and closing it that way instead of a lot of people kind of move at the hips and it turns it into more of like a hip flexor exercise. So I really like the cable crunch because you get that stretch position that you can't really get on most other ab exercises. And for glutes, this is a, this is a tough one because 
as good as this exercise is, I absolutely hate it, and I think most people do, and it's the rear foot elevated split squat, aka Bulgarian split squat, and yeah, like I said, they suck, they're <laughs> they're not fun, they're probably the most hated exercise out there for a lot of people, but they're super, super effective, they're really good at lengthening the glutes, getting a lot of tension in that, that lengthened position, and doing them unilaterally, like one side at a time, I find just helps to get a good connection with the glutes, be more intentional about the actual movement. And it's funny, whenever I program these for a client, like I always have to start out very, very small in terms of volume and and just proximity to failure because a lot of people, they haven't done these for a while or ever. They get really sore from these. And when I was on a trip recently, I hadn't done these for a minute and I was at a hotel gym and this was kind of the only option that I could do for um, like a glute slash quad exercise and so I did these and I only did two sets and my cheeks were sore for like at least three days, probably four days, which isn't very common and yeah, so these, these are really good exercise but definitely be take it easy when you're first getting into them because they they can be pretty brutal for sure so that's glutes now for quads i have a hack squat in here which it's nice if your gym has a hack squat if it doesn't there's other things like smith machine squats there's a bunch of different squat variations but um there's also pendulum squats those are even more rare than hack squats but i like the hacks the hack squat because it allows you to take the quads through their entire range of motion and it's really stable. You have that back pad to lean against where if you're doing a barbell squat or a Smith machine squat, anything without a back pad, what happens is as oftentimes as you're pushing close to failure, you're really challenging yourself. A lot of times your hips tend to shift back a little bit, which just puts a little, puts a little more tension on your glutes rather than your quads, which isn't necessarily a bad thing but again if we're talking about a quad specific exercise ideally we have something there to you know target the quads a little bit more so it's not shifting the tension onto our glutes and you're still going to be hitting some glutes even doing a hack squat it just makes you makes it easier to really hone in on the quads um, so that is quads now for hamstrings um, I have a seated leg curl and I was really in between like RDLs are really my go-to for for hamstrings, but they're also you get a you get a lot of glute through those and seated leg curls for like targeting the hamstrings. You just you can't beat them because the seated position. If you've ever wondered what's better between a seated leg curl and a lying leg curl, it's not like one is necessarily better, but they have studied these and usually the seated leg curl outperforms the lying leg curl. And if you think about it, it makes sense because when you when you're bent at the hip, your hamstrings run through your hip joint kind of. And so when you have a bend at your hip, it's going to lengthen your hamstrings more. You get more of a stretch compared to if your hips are just straight, you don't get as much of a stretch. And so doing them seated allows for a better stretch compared to lying. And you can still get a really good contraction just like you would with a lying. You don't get them don't get your hamstrings quite as shortened or contracted, but again, that lengthened position seems to be the the most important part of the rep. So seated leg curls for hamstrings, and then calves. We have just a good old standing calf raise. Um, if you've ever wondered between like standing or 
seated calf raises where your knee is bent. If you do standing, it's going to target the gastroc, which is you know, the part of the calf that most people want to grow. It's when you think about a calf muscle, it's the muscle that you actually look at. Um, and so doing it stand, it allows you to, to really target that muscle and seated, you know, it's still can, it's still going to hit the gastroc. It's just going to hit a little bit more of the, why am I blanking? The soleus, the soleus muscle, which like runs under the gastroc a little bit, which is it's still important to grow and it can make your calves look bigger, but typically that's the part that most people want to grow is the gastrocnemius. So, and it allows you to get a really good stretch and a really good contraction. So that is the rundown on all of the main muscle groups. And going back to the re recurring kind of themes with these that I mentioned at the beginning, there are four main things that you'll notice all these exercises have in common. And this is really what I look for when I'm looking for an exercise that's going to be good for muscle growth specifically, because that's the, that's the key thing. This is for muscle growth specifically. If we're talking about strength or endurance, like all this would be completely different. This is for hypertrophy for, you know, muscle growth, hypertrophy, just a fancy word for muscle growth. So the four main recurring themes is first and foremost, we like to have stability with our exercises. We want to do exercises where we don't have to worry about, you know, like if you think about like doing like a BOSU ball squat, standing on one of those like half ball things, and you're just shaking all over the place, like that's not going to be very effective to actually challenge the muscle. You're going to be challenging your balance and it could be great for that, but for actually putting a lot of tension in the muscle, which that's what causes muscle growth, it's hard to, to get that much when you're focusing on stabilizing and balancing. So we want things that really allow to have at least enough stability where we can take the target muscle close to failure and get a lot of tension in it. So you'll notice all those exercises are going to have good stability. Number two is a good range of motion. So you don't want to have an exercise where you can you just get like a tiny range of motion, especially in like the shortened position. We want to be able to get a full range of motion on all these exercises. And third, which kind of goes in line with that, it allows for a good stretch because again, there's more research coming out showing that that stretched position of the exercise, if you can really stretch a muscle, stretch a muscle and have tension in it in that stretch position, that's really good for muscle growth. So we want movements that allow for that stretch. And then fourth, they can be, they can all be overloaded by doing either more weight, more reps, improving your form. That's something you can do on any exercises, but these specifically, we want to make sure that, you know, yes, you can improve your form, but you can also either add weight or reps, kind of like what I was mentioning with the, the cable crunch with abs, instead of doing an ab exercise where the only kind of progression lever that you have is to add reps over time, like a regular lying crunch. Ideally, we have something that we can do more weight and more reps over time. So we have just more progression levers to pull. So those are really the four things that are really important for muscle growth. So I'm not saying go and, and do all these exercises and these are the ex best exercises for you. These aren't even the best exercises for me at all times. If But if I had to pick one exercise for each muscle group, it would be these again for me specifically but it changes because when you're doing an exercise and you do it over and over and over like 
yeah, you want some consistency with your training. You want to repeat exercises over time, but eventually they do get stale. Your body kind of gets used to them. And so one exercise that might be the best exercise for you right now for let's say your quads after doing it for three months your quads are going to get adapted to that it might be a little bit stale hard to progress and it's no longer the best exercise for you for your quads in that moment so consider that um and yeah that's pretty much it i'm trying to think if there's anything else i wanted to to mention there mention there so essentially just pick your exercises based on those things good stability, good range of motion, allows for a good stretch, can be overloaded over time. And then the other big thing is you enjoy them. You know, you want to be able to go and and have some fun with your training. So select your exercises based on that. Don't feel like there's any specific exercises that are must-dos that you absolutely have to do. Um, Everything, yeah, there's there's nothing, no specific exercise that needs to be done um, or any exercise that needs to be avoided. Everyone is different. And that's why an individualized approach is always best, which if you want an individualized approach, just apply for coaching. And that is what I do for a living is I build out training programs and nutrition plans, all completely individualized. So if that's something that you think would help you um, fill out the application link in the podcast description, I'd be more than happy to just have a conversation with you about it and explain how it works and see if it's something that would help you at least you know help you set up a game plan regardless of if you want to move forward with coaching or not i'm going to leave you with some some helpful advice and kind of a a game plan on what you can do on your own even if you don't move forward with coaching so anyways guys i hope that episode was helpful and hope you got some good takeaways from it if you did please leave a rating review i would appreciate that very much And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you again for tuning in and listening. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you did, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram story and tag me at Howell underscore fit and leave the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions about coaching or need advice on anything training or nutrition related, shoot me an email at the email linked in the description and I will talk to you guys soon.